From the Bible Chapel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, comes a new podcast. So here's what I'd like to know. Over the years, senior pastor Ron Moore has received many questions ranging from deep theological thoughts regarding the end times to what does parenting look like with teenagers? We've heard your questions and we want to hear more. Join us each week as we tackle new issues with a new guest. Life gets so busy sometimes. How do you balance a demanding job and family time? How can you influence your grandchildren? when you don't live near them. What does our church believe about the end times? Where's the line between providing for my family and greed? How should I have conversations with my family who don't know God? How can we cultivate our marriage while juggling the responsibilities of young kids, jobs, and aging parents? Thanks for joining us today. We are back with So Here's What I'd Like to Know, second season, our second episode, and we are excited to have Ron Moore with us as usual and Brad Ryan. Brad Ryan. We are glad to have Brad Ryan with us today. Brad, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Ron. Glad to be here. Brad is a graduate of Dallas Seminary, spent uh, several years ministering in New Orleans, and has been with us at the Bible Chapel for just over a year. And Brad has said that this is the best year of his life. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, if they could only see his face when he said that. <laughs> yeah. The words in the face didn't match. <laughs> so Brad's going to be uh, leading us in some questions today. We'll have some back and forth dialogue. Maria, we have some interesting questions on baptism, kind of a history of baptism, and then fasting. So let's start with one on baptism. Yeah, so there's actually a couple questions here. Um, I'll read them all, and then you guys can break them down um, as as you see fit. So question says, when did the practice of baptizing start, and why did they do it? I know that we use it as a symbolism for dying like Christ and rising like Christ. John the Baptist was baptizing and even baptized Jesus. Was this going on through the Old Testament times as well? Brad, that's a great question, isn't it? There are a lot, there's a lot there. Right. So just start working through this regarding a little history of baptism, getting into John's baptism, how it differed from, mm. from our mm. baptism today, uh, and, uh, and uh, just um, uh, the Old Testament New Testament comparisons? That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, it really is, because we know when we read the New Testament, it kind of begins with a bang with John the Baptist, and he's baptizing. And if you've read the Old Testament, you're thinking, this is something I don't really, most people wouldn't recall seeing. Or And so I, I see why this is a really good question to ask. Uh, when you go back, but it, there are roots in the Old Testament. When you go back to the Old Testament, uh, particularly the Mosaic Law, so books like Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, uh, we see time and time again that God talked a lot about this ritual cleansing or washing. Uh, Exodus 29, um, first few verses there, talks about they're going to uh, consecrate Aaron and his sons as priests, and so they, sh- they were to wash themselves. And so we see kind of the roots of the, the, the idea there. And then what we think most likely happened is as uh, history progressed, and certainly when you get into the intertestinal uh, or between the Testaments, uh, between the Old and New Testament. that sounds good. Is, is it? Okay, That's I wasn't sure that's the right words, word. I think. Yeah. That's and, not as uh, cool as a Zeb's word. Eschatological. eschatological. Yeah, I can't even say it. I could say eschatological. <laughs> I can't. So as history went on, uh, particularly as we uh, go from the Old Testament transition to the New Testament, time of the New Testament, uh, what we believe happened was that the Jewish people took this idea of uh, ritual washing or purification and made that uh, part of uh, the process for becoming part of the of the nation of Israel. So if you were someone that wanted to convert to Judaism, uh, you would do this as a symbol um, as part of that process. And 
In addition to that, um, not to get too historical, but when they discovered the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, they found that the community that lived there, among just all the great manuscript evidence that, that they found, uh, descriptions of how that branch or, or part of Judaism, how they what they practiced, and this was very much a part of their practice, this ritual washing. Um, and then that also leads into, so now we're at the New Testament, John the Baptist shows up, some speculation, he was in the wilderness, uh, same same kind of general geographical location? Did he have some connection uh, mm-hmm. to those groups? It's um, interesting. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you for a second. If you go uh, to Israel, have you been to Israel, Brad? I have not. I'm ready to do one of your trips. We, get, it, we get to do that trip. Uh, Maria was there the last time. And if you, when you walk through the Qumran's um, ruins, mm-hmm. there are these ritual baths all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just interesting how they use those and what purposes they, right. why they use them. But there's steps down in, and uh, you can see where the water would have been, and, mm-hmm. and, and then steps that lead out. Yeah. So it's interesting that the Qumran uh, um, um, uh, culture had that, yeah. and then John the Baptist, maybe not from that, but from a desert yeah. type of people, right? Yeah. Or, or if he did, and this is where we get in some interesting distinctions that I'll just touch on, it, and you can kind of uh, take it and, and fill in some more of the gaps. Because when John the Baptist shows up and begins to baptize, he does something different. Um, Pretty much, uh, when we see the, these, this idea of uh, cleansing in the Old Testament, it was kind of something that you did yourself. You, you washed, you went through the purification. Obviously, we think of what baptism looks like now, and what John was doing is he was baptizing people. And so that's, that was something that was different. Um, but perhaps the biggest difference, though, would be clearly that John's baptism was tied to a uh, heart issue, a repentance for sin. And that was the big uh, foreign concept, that this wasn't just a ceremonial act, that he's calling on people to acknowledge that they were sinful, and particularly with, with Jews. And we know, we, you know what Judaism was like at the time of, of Christ. Uh, as we read through the Gospels, the Pharisees, that was a big problem they had, right? That it was, well, wait, there's nothing wrong with us. We're right spiritually just because of who we are and genealogy. And again, they, they would have no problem with someone converting to Judaism and being baptized, but John the Baptist saying, hey, we all have a problem with sin and need to recognize that. And so mm-hmm. uh, there were some distinctives with yeah, whether he had it with the Qumran uh, community and that's where it came from. But John's baptism was unique, which kind of then sets up what we see in the rest of the New Testament yeah. and the Gospels. John's baptism is interesting and very cool because uh, it's a baptism for repentance. Uh, it's not the bab- we'll talk about in, in a second yeah. why we are baptized today. But, but John was saying, hey, Jesus is coming. Yeah. Uh, repent of your sins, prepare your heart for the Messiah who is coming. And then Jesus is baptized. Now, Jesus doesn't have to be baptized for repentance, but it's interesting that he identifies with man, and then he sets the example for us. And then later on, uh, 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 baptism becomes an act of obedience, and we see our Lord doing that. Uh, The the great uh, leader that he was, and our Savior, but he demonstrated to us what it looked like uh, to be baptized by John. But again, John's was a baptism of repentance, not the baptism that we would uh, have today. Yeah. You know, any, any, add anything to that? Um, uh, no, I think that that's good. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's it, and like you said, it's it's we're now. Uh, so why be baptized today? We do that out of obedience, mm-hmm. uh, obedience to our Lord. I love the phrase uh, we describe that it's an outward demonstration of an inward yeah. decision because yeah. you know you and I, none of us can see into someone else's heart. It's a way to publicly, you know, put that. Well, I like our phrase here at the Bible Chapel: put that stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great way to put it. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that in just a second. So 
uh, we have the Old Testament baptism slash kind of ceremonial washing or cleansing. And then we have John kind of, and in and, and, and essence, kind of up in the ante, right? He, oh, clearly. He, he yeah. baptizes now. This is for getting ready for the Messiah. Then Jesus comes, and then in the early church in Acts, we see, we see people baptized. But their baptism is always to demonstrate right. uh, that inward um, um, heart change, that inward salvation that has happened. And they, and they demonstrate it by being baptized. So we always talk about here, uh, baptism does not make you a Christian. There are some people who believe that. Mm-hmm. You have to be baptized to be a Christian. We do not see that in Scripture. It doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you more of a Christian. Right. And it doesn't complete your, you know, your, your faith journey, right? Right. It, it is simply an outward demonstration of an inward faith. I can't see your heart, but I can see you being baptized. And the and the symbol of baptism is so beautiful mm-hmm. because spiritually we've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit has identified us with Christ. And an outward baptism does that physical identification. We go into the water mm-hmm. and identify with the death of Christ, and we go under the water and identify with the burial of Christ. And we come out of the water, and we identify with the resurrection of Christ. That's just a beautiful picture yeah. that, that Christ has left us. And, Ron, I love you You hit there that word identify, and that's what that root word baptism, the Greek word means, correct? It means to mm-hmm. identify. And, yeah. And that's what we're talking about. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, just practically, here at the Bible Chapel, we have uh, always have the opportunity. We, we encourage believers to be baptized. We believe it's a step of obedience. And we have baptism services uh, right now three times a year. Uh, it is a, it's a public celebration for us. And, Maria, you, can you put the links of all yeah. the information on that? And there may be some people listening. We encourage you, if you've not been baptized, uh, to, uh, to be baptized and to do that. And, again, here at the Bible Chapel, the next opportunity uh, would be uh, right after Easter. So, Maria, will put the links on there. And, and we have some... Uh, a class and some uh, interviews beforehand because, again, uh, baptism uh, is after a person has trusted in Christ. So we want to know that's taking place in a person's life based on their profession. Yeah. Uh, and then just a powerful act of baptism really allows us to, to see that a person, again, as we like to say, dri- driving the stake in the ground, I am all in for Christ, yeah. and I want to make it public that I'm publicly identifying with him, and I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. So. Brad, that is, that's a great explanation and answer to this question about baptism. Uh, Maria, we have another one. So we had baptism, and now we got another one about fasting. Talk about that. Yeah, so our next question says, why don't we talk about fasting more? Jesus talked about not if, but when we fast. So when should we fast? How long? How often? And also, how common was it back before Jesus and then afterwards? So, Brad, back to you. Just a little okay. history of fasting throughout uh, Scripture, scriptural yeah. uh, context, and then we'll talk about fasting today. I've come in, I'm kind of convicted by this because I sure. personally uh, don't. I, there have been times in our in our lives when Lori and I used to uh, fast um, uh, once a week, uh, and then we haven't for a while. So I'm a little convi- I'm not a little. I am yeah. convicted by this, yeah. and we probably need to. Not probably. We do need to preach on it more and, mm-hmm. or explain it better regarding the importance of fasting. This is a great question that for me just is yeah. a, a, a catalyst uh, for some 
more teaching, you know, to the congregation. Yeah. So, but history, context, and we'll go. Yeah, no, it's a great question, and I love how those so many of these questions are actually getting multiple questions into one question. So, um, <laughs> but but the, but it's all good. And you're right, Ron. This is this is convicting, and I think the 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 question is spot on. We don't talk about it a lot, and I'll even share something about that in just just a second. Um, and so when we and, and and the other thing I want to say I, I love about this question is. Uh, they're paying attention uh, to Scripture because they point out Jesus didn't say if we fast, he said when, and that is a very important distinction. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good, actually a good starting point in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse, I think it's 16, um, is where that uh, shows up because when Jesus says that, that gives us a clue that his assumption or his, his knowledge, uh, the practice of the day was that people would regularly practice uh, fasting. Even on that, and here's a, a bad example, and we do want to talk about good and bad examples of fasting as, as we talk about the subject. Uh, remember, it was the Pharisee who's, who's uh, at the temple and he's saying, you know, trying to declare his own righteousness and, and he's not like the other gentleman and he says you know I fast twice a week and so the Pharisees it became a point of pride and and uh, misuse but the point being is that it was a regular practice at the time uh, of Jesus so I think when we look at scripture uh, some things that we want to keep in mind because probably even similar to baptism fasting is something that can be easily misunderstood or misapplied or we think it does this when it should be doing something else and so when you look at scripture and those uh, in scripture who practice fasting, uh, it always has a spiritual component, would be a safe way to put it. It is almost always tied to prayer. Uh, so I say that because I don't want to get us too off course, but you know, the day in which we live, there's diets and dieting may be a good reason for health reasons or, or whatever. There are biblical diets and that's not our subject for today, but uh, we can sometimes be confused. When we talk about fasting, it has a spiritual purpose um, mm-hmm. and it is almost always tied to prayer. So I say that. So if, if you look, you're just, you know, and uh, I think they even one, one of the part of the question was how common was it? Well, you look at the Old Testament and you could say Moses, I and mean, it's a who's who, right? It's it's Moses, David, Daniel, uh, Nehemiah, Esther. Uh, I know I'm not going to hit everybody. Uh, Isaiah, all of these uh, giants of the faith uh, at one time or another mention and describe their experience with fasting. Um, and so, again, a common practice. And, again, they would do this at a time of prayer. It was linked to prayer. Uh, I think we have to be careful that uh, we don't think that, uh, and, and this is, that, that we don't think, we have to be careful that we don't think fasting somehow sprinkles magic dust on our prayers, or it's like mm. next level, or, um, oh, you know, Ron, you're praying for that? Well, I'm praying and fasting. Like, you know, it, it's, right. that's not the design. Um, it's very personal. Uh, it's between you and God. And that's why Jesus, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, he begins Matthew chapter 6 by saying, uh, do not practice your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. And then he gives several examples. Fasting is one. So uh, it's not something that really we should be sharing or should be something that we're even discussing. It's between us and the Lord. And the idea is that it will help draw you closer uh, to the Lord. It's going to remind you. Um, I, you know, I confess just as we were t- as we enter this question. Yes, yeah, it's, it's convicting. I think of times in the past when I fasted. You know, those those hunger pains are a reminder. Oh yeah, I'm I'm abstaining from food because I'm trying to give spiritual attention, right. uh, and it's a great reminder to to pray. And so, uh, that's the, the the purpose behind it is to draw us closer. Something I'd read before too. Another benefit when it comes to prayer is uh, I was praying and, and fasting. I should say to help us to pray is 
particularly in America, right? We live in a culture where it's so easy to give in to all of our desires, our cravings, our impulses. And the Word of God talks about disciplining our bodies. And I think fasting plays a great spiritual benefit that way. When we learn to say no to some of these impulses for a set period of time, I think that can have a spiritual benefit of helping us say no to other things that mm-hmm. are you know, we might easily um, give into. Uh, one other thing I would touch on uh, would be, uh, they said, why don't we why don't we talk about this? And so, Ron, I don't know if you've uh, read this book. It's a little bit um, uh, Richard uh, Richard uh, Foster, Celebration of mm-hmm. Discipline, mm-hmm. kind of a classic. I think he wrote it in late 50s, right. so it's getting right. a little bit, you know, sorry, it's a great book. I love mm-hmm. it for spiritual discipline. It's getting a little bit dated. But in that book, when he talks about fasting, um, he said in preparation, he looked, and there were no new books written on fasting from about the 100 years the previous hundred years. Hmm. So it is a topic that we have just avoided mm-hmm. uh, in Christian history for, for different times. And so uh, I think just the other thing I would add, and then we you know, hear your thoughts, is that uh, you know, the question is, how often should we do this? When should we do it? And the point is, you know, that's really up to you as a spiritual discipline, um, you know, as you want to incorporate that into your life. As soon as we start prescribing that, uh, then we've kind of gone back to the Pharisees and saying, hey, we've turned this into a legalistic, mm-hmm. you have to do it this way, this is when you do it, and, and it loses its focus. Uh, that's great stuff, Brad. I, I, uh, I, I um, as you, I'm convicted uh, that I, I don't uh, enter into the spiritual discipline enough. Um, that's, that's one side of it, so I confess that. And as you mentioned, and this is so critical, any spiritual discipline can become legalistic. Mm-hmm. So um, we can think that we are more spiritual, like the Pharisees, more spiritual because we not only prayed, but we fasted or we fasted for a long period of time. So we have to be really careful with that. And, and, and we, let's just say it, there, there is, there's this insidious temptation uh, always to take a spiritual discipline and get prideful about it. Sure. I remember years ago there was a guy, and he got on fire, which is great for Christ, and he started reading the Bible. And so I'd call him up and he'd say, uh, 112 days straight of reading Scripture. I'd say, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That, you know, call him 158 days straight oh. of reading Scripture. That was like the first thing he said. And so one day I said, he didn't say anything. I said, well, so how many days today? I don't. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, so he he, yeah. you know, he had missed today. And anytime you set yourself up in a in a in a in a legalistic way, you're always going to hit the hit the wall. At at the same time, there's tremendous benefit of fasting, as you said, depriving yourself of food to remind yourself to pray and to focus on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to say this. Uh, uh, if you're not, if, if there's a physical reason you don't fast, then you shouldn't fast. This is not something that. That's a good point. Jesus is saying, "Hey, you got to do this if you're, you know, serious about prayer." If, if there's a physical reason, if you're going through, recovering from an illness or diabetes or, you know, pregnant or whatever, there are reasons you don't fast for that particular time. Some people will will fast um, like regularly. And they'll focus on praying for maybe praying for their children. I've heard that. Others will fast during a period of time. So, I'm in a relationship. God, I, I really need to hear: is this is this the man or woman for you, or for me? Um, uh, our job situation, Lord, I, I don't know if whether I should take this job or not, or I need a job or what. But it just is a time for us to really focus in on 
uh, what God is uh, is calling us to to do, and um, not that He can't do, not that He won't or can't do that without us fasting. It's just another level. One more thing here. We always think about food, but um, sometimes it can be other things. Oh, great point. And um, a few years ago, I just said, I am not going to buy any clothes for a year. And um, it was, I got to be honest with you, it it was the most freeing year because when I'd go, you know, in a mall or whatever, I wasn't looking, oh, that shirt's cool. Is it on sale? Should I get that? Do I have that color? Whatever. I didn't have any decisions to make. It's simplified. Mm. I'm not buying anything this year. And I always thought about that, how how freeing that was, mm. um, you know, to not worry about that thing in your life. And it's just one example. So so it may be a, it may be a monetary thing. I'm, I'm not going to do A, B, or C this year. Uh, and the point is it just simplifies your mind. It takes away clutter. Right. So that you can focus on on what's important. So not just food, but other but other things. And that's why I thought you, you were going to say social media. I didn't know you were going with clothes. I thought a social <laughs> media fast. I've heard of that. Just people disengage because that's something that right can mm-hmm. not just clutter, but really consume our lives. Yeah. Uh, but just one of it could be any number of examples. And that's a great point. It could be I'm not I'm not picking up. I'm not doing anything social media. I'm not even looking at my phone. You know, for this day, or I'm not doing social media. In fact, I saw there's an advertisement. Marie, you may know this, where like there's a competition or they give you something yeah, yeah. free if you don't use your phone for a year what what is that the detail i saw that commercial but the details were sketchy and i didn't yeah, understand you, how that worked you, exactly because sign me up like i would year. do it yeah. <laughs> yeah you get i think you like you use a nokia flip phone or something it was a uh, vitamin water is, uh, is okay. who's doing it yeah 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 and yeah. uh yeah it's I think a lot of people can do it, and then if you do it, then you get entered in for the prizes, I think. Because it didn't seem like, I was like, a lot of people don't do that. But um, So I actually have a follow-up question, um, just keeping up on the fasting. And uh, when you guys were talking about different ways to fast, um, it just reminded me of one of our other pastors um, on staff here. I remember him saying that him and another one of our, our pastors would... Um, one day a week they would just fast, um, you know, like Thursdays at lunchtime and they would pray for something specific. So, um, can you talk a little bit about timing? Like how long Mm -hmm. do you fast for? I I think that's a great question. If Mm -hmm. I can jump in on that, um, it's hard to bring that up because like we've already warned and we've put that out that we don't want to be legalistic. You have, but, but you have total freedom here. And that's a great point, Maria, that, uh, fasting doesn't have to be. Uh, a 24 hour or a certain amount of time um, it can be uh, you know you could cross over and say hey it's, if it's 12 hours it could be from after dinner to the next morning or, or th- mm-hmm. you know that's I, I hesitate to even put numbers out there because we don't want to prescribe something or a formula but right. again I think that's a great example because you have total freedom when and how and how much with like Ron said earlier you do need to be smart that you don't want to have any health concerns or risk that mm-hmm. So that's a great point, and I love that you say um, this. So this brings freedom to fasting because a lot of people think fasting. Oh my goodness, I'm not. I can't eat anything for a week or 40 days. I remember at one point there was a 40 day fast that was very popular. Right. Well, and and so on that, and I I forgot this when I was uh, uh, reading up on just kind of refresh my memory. Is you you do want to be careful. There are a, a couple examples of 
fasting. Most often in the Word of God, the fast is a, is a break from food. They're still drinking water. Now, to be fair, someone could you know, follow the question, hey, I read this passage where mm-hmm. Moses or, you know, or um, whatever it might be. Uh, those would be exceptions, and I think we need to be really proceed with caution on that. Usually we're talking about a break from food. You would still be taking in water uh, during your fast. And I think, too, on that, um, especially, Ronnie, you had a good point. Somebody might be thinking, hey, I've never fasted. Okay, I'm maybe I'm feeling some conviction. This is a spiritual discipline. Obviously, it's biblical. Uh, don't be afraid to kind of start where you are and mm-hmm. just start with a meal. You know, don't, don't, like you said, don't have to take on, I have to shoot for a whole day or a week or something like that. Just, mm-hmm. that's okay. Again, it's between you and the Lord. It's, it's to help your walk, draw you closer to him, focus more on prayer. Uh, no right. right or wrong. So the timing is up to you. Um, uh, the uh, you might miss an entire meal. You might say, I'm not going to eat this meal. Uh, or other people say, I'm not going to eat a meal, but I'm going to eat an apple or whatever. Uh, so there, there's freedom in this. The, the, the point is not, you know, can you, uh, can you flog yourself over the back? Uh, the, the point is, what am I going to do to help focus uh, my, uh, my time with the Lord? And, uh, and really make sure, certain that I'm carving out that time. So the time I would go eat, right, I'm using to pray, or I'm using the hunger as a reminder uh, to keep praying. So I think those are great points. So, so um, uh, quick uh, analogy, I've used this before. My, my um, son-in-law is a big runner, and uh, he is, is uh, an amazing runner. But when people will, I'll, I'll be with him, and people will say, "Man, I, I want to start running. Um, how do how do I how do I start?" And he says, "Go walk a block, and then run a block. Walk a block, run a block." He had foot surgery, and he's just starting to run again. So, Josiah, what are you going to do? I'm going to walk a block. <laughs> I'm going to run a block, and I'll probably walk three blocks and run like I'm starting all over. And so, I think sometimes we think, oh man, I'm going to fast again. Seven days, two weeks, no food, little water. God didn't call us to that. He called us to focus on Himself. So, use the freedom that God gives us in that. Hey, by the way, I got a question. Is breakfast, is that break fast? I believe that's the root of that word. Exactly. How about that? I don't know what that does for us, but it's cool. All right, here's our first question from the host. <laughs> if you all have answers. <laughs> fast. Uh, Brad, we appreciate you being here today, man. We, uh, I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Uh, Marie, we have a lot of, we're going to have a lot of con- great content, just like Brad, on this podcast. And we're going to have a lot of different people, just like Brad, on this podcast. But I don't know if we're going to have a better radio voice than Brad's on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we have had one... Or two, I guess, reoccurring guests, and you mm-hmm. might be our third. Mm-hmm. So okay, just yeah. for the radio voice, because yeah. Brad's done, yeah. Brad <laughs> done a lot of radio. Brad's done a lot of radio. Yeah, to podcast is a radio one. voice and a podcast voice different. I, I don't, I don't again, think so. Our second question from the host. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, we do appreciate you being here today. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We will have all of the show notes online um, with links to anything that we discussed. And one of the things we talked about today was baptism. And if you are in the Bible Chapel area, part of our community, we would love for you to take that next step and consider uh, being baptized. You can visit the link that we're going to link to in the page, and you'll have a ton of information to read through there. And we'd love for you to contact us so we can help you take those next steps. So thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We love being able to address these questions, and you can send additional questions to me, Maria Stockman, at mstockman at biblechapel.org. We talked about a lot of really great things today, and if you'd like to check out the show notes, visit biblechapel.org forward slash no podcast. That's biblechapel.org forward slash K-N-O-W podcast. Check out new episodes released every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for joining us and see you next time. This episode was produced by Maria Stockman, mixed and edited by Simon James and Brian Plaster, music by Christy Stockdale, and cover art by Andrew Johnson. Special thanks to the Bible Chapel Media Services team for their hard work and great questions.